Hello, Stephen. Uh, thanks for coming on the This Day in Metal podcast today. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you doing, brother? Not too bad. So you recently just got back from the Monsters of Rock cruise. How did that go? The boat. It was It was actually, I'll say, fucking way cool. Um, I have done those before. One that was on the water and one that was at port with, with rat. Okay. But this was much more, much more of a, 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 it was just much more fun. This one, you know, um, and maybe it took time, but it was great. Souls, friends, Michael Shanker, Chris Holmes, uh, everybody else, Lowe's, uh, I mean, just tons of folks. It was very cool. Very awesome. Cool. I need to do that one to one year, go down there. They're pre- they're pretty interesting, you know. I mean, it, it's just like one crazy '80s community, which is fucking perfect for my 1980 Sunset Strip experience. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So you're on the podcast today to talk about yeah. the, the Rats classic album, the Atlantic Years uh, Limited Box Set. The set will be released on June 9th and will feature five albums remastered, rare Nobody Rise for Free single, 12-page replica tour book, a poster. Bumper stickers, replica backstage pass, and a guitar pick. Can and you ca- explain me. how you came about this and how you're involved with it? Well, everybody was involved, ironically, which is, you know, I keep saying it's probably only the rat reunion you're going to get was everybody involved in this fucking box set. That's and awesome. Well, another great thing about it, besides all the goodies we're, we're giving you, it's all on vinyl. It's our great. first real box set. And and ironically enough, I don't think even BMG Atlantic or whoever knew that it was the 40th year anniversary of the right. group this year. Next year for Out of the Cellar. But to me, it's it's starts with the EP. And it's 40 years, so fuck yeah, you know. Awesome. Can't borrow. So I was thinking about how about we go through each album and yeah. talk a little bit about each album, and maybe you can have, just say a few things about the album and, and what maybe your favorite song would be on sure. each album. Okay. So 1984, Under the Cellar came out, featuring the singles Round and Round, that hit number 12 on the Billboard Top 100, and the album reached 7 on the Billboard 200, and was certified triple platinum. Do you have anything to say about it? Oh, it's way beyond triple platinum. Uh, I think it was way beyond triple platinum back then. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, there, it was fu- it's funny because this is where you learn about the business if you pay attention. Right. His record did 2.5 in 1984. Okay, that's when there was only vinyl. Um, so when we get these reports, we we you discover that how many records were actually sold. You know, right. not outed for Atlantic. So I ain't making butt here. They know. But uh, Out of the Cellar, wow. Well, being our first record, um, because of the Rad EP, it, we just wanted to go plastic. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think behind me. These things, we still get them. We didn't even, that was the furthest thing from our mind, was gold and platinum records. Right. We wanted to be a fucking rock band. We wanted to be huge. We wanted to play arenas. We wanted to be with the big guys, you know, like our brothers Van Halen and and Motley, you know, growing up in the strip together. Right. Uh, Wasp, everybody else. So everybody was like 
getting their their ticket to ride in 1984, you know, was the beginning of this great era, which really actually started instigated by Van Halen, but mm -hmm. really started when the, 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 the overseas craze happened in 1980, Def Leppard, Priest, Maiden, Accept, you know, all of that. Right. And, but, so we just wanted to go plastic in 1984. So we get this deal and we weren't the first band to be signed out of L.A., which is which I don't think a lot of people know. We were the last of the Mohicans, which really confused us because we're like, <laughs> man, we're selling out every fucking place. We can't even play in L.A. anymore because, it, you know, we've already done the Palladium and Santa Monica Civic. Where do you go? Same as mine. You got to you got to next step. So here we find ourselves opening up for opportunities for like ZZ, uh, Black Sabbath. But yeah, we went into recording that with this brand new producer, Bo Hill, uh, which is kind of cool. You know, I think when they said, who do you want to produce your record? I don't even think that was even part of the course. It was like, this is a guy you're using, this right. the label wants, and this is the way it's going to go. So we just went with it. We were happy to go plastic, and that's all we knew. We were happy to go fast and give them the best songs we could, and mm. or even songs that we recorded that didn't make that record. That one in particular, "Reach for the Sky," mm. I want on the box set in the box set, but it didn't make it. But it'll it'll rear its head eventually. But yeah, out of the cellar, you know, we didn't know. Uh, Bo Hill was like, uh, "What do you got?" And we're saying, well, this is what we got. Well, what's that song right there? Well, it's called Round and Round, but we really haven't finished it. There was real no bridge to it yet. And 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 uh, he's like, well, we're going to work that thing out, you know. And lo and behold, we are very fortunate and lucky enough to have this great song and have a great debut album. Yeah. And that was when MTV was kicking off and a lot of the videos get put on MTV and you're right. The perfect timing. And as things go and work, sometimes, you know, uh, we created this crazy ass video because of our manager who had these crazy ideas. And, mm -hmm. you know, we decided to throw Uncle Milty, who we were familiar with. We knew who the fuck he was. You know, that's mm -hmm. a guy who was in drag. And, you know, Elvis Presley was mm -hmm. the first show Elvis did. You know, we knew the little things. But when he came in and all of that, it, it just it just worked, you know. We perfect, didn't perfect timing. Somebody else, we didn't want to be, we wanted to be tongue in cheek. We didn't want to be heavy metal studs and fire and, you know, we'll leave that to the other guys and the blood and, you know. Uh, so, I think we did our job and and it's it's standing the test of time and and it's it's fucking way cool, man. What can I say? Yeah, you know? it's a classic. Love it. And, you know, uh, out of the cellar. Well, out of the cellar, the title came from an early Mickey Rat song I wrote in '78, something like that. So I decided, all right, I like Aerosmith. They have this song called "Rats in the Cellar." Rats. Mm -hmm. in the cellar. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> so in 1985, "Invasion of Privacy" came out. Yeah. Featured the singles "Lay It Down" and "You're in Love." The album would reach number seven on the Billboard charts as actually like the, their uh, first album. So can you tell me a little bit about that album? Invasion. Well, 
the fact that we were on the road so much, I believe we had a break, if correct, and, and took a portable, uh, a portable studio out with us and started working on stuff. Um, we wanted to be prepared, you know, the sophomore jinx, sophomore jinx. Yeah, that's all we heard about. Oh, your second record. Well, you, if your first record is huge, per se, like a GNR, good mm. fuck luck. Right. Yeah. So it was part of it's very interesting because our label mates at the time, Twisted Sister, were right along with us with Out of the Cellar. You know, we even mm -hmm. toured together, East Coast, West Coast. Uh, good business by Atlantic. Um, but Invasion, we were ready. We wanted to be ready. We were out on the road. We we're kicking ass. We were, were tuned up, fired up had the riffs, had the songs. We had this great producer guy who pretty much helped establish our recording sound and, and what, you know, our presentation uh, musically and everything. So we were happy with it. And then, you know, we get Warren coming up with fucking, you know, Lay It Down and, and whatever great songs he wrote. Uh, you know, collectively we, we threw in there. And it, it worked. It got a little polished, okay? Mm -hmm. All right, but uh, we weren't about to give you the ballad that everybody was starting to get into. Mm -hmm. We gave it to you later because we didn't give a shit. We didn't want to do what everybody was doing. But Invasion, that was a great, great record. Those songs still go over well when I play. Oh, yeah. the, the awesome albums. Yeah, and uh, a good record. You know, we did our job. We We stepped up, and we did not fail, you know. So 1986, Dancing Undercover came out. Um, it had the hit Dance. The album peaked at number 26 on the Billboard charts. Did you have a favorite song? or? Um... I did. Um, I liked Drive Me Crazy. I liked uh, Dancing Undercover. Well, first I have to say, due to the fact that we were getting smarter and wiser and becoming better songwriters, right. we wanted to take, it was deliberate, I know from Robin and Warren and myself, we were very deliberate in saying we wanted to put make a record that was kind of in between the EP and Cellar. We wanted it to just... And we got away from certain things which uh, might not have worked, but we didn't care. We just wanted to make the best songs again. We wrote. And uh, <clears throat> it was a good record. It was rougher around the edges. We picked great opening acts. We didn't give a shit how successful they came as long as they, you know, <laughs> did their job and paid the tab for the building. We were off and running. Uh, we had a good time with that that tour. The uh, same with Invasion. I mean, our tours were so much fun. It was mm. such a new thing, you know, the 1980s experience sunset, which I call the Sunset Strip experience. Anyway, the, the dancing was was cool. We did our job. We made it rowdier. We gave you a body talk, which is an amazing rock song. Um, got songs in movies, and, and we, things started progressing a little differently. You know, uh, good record. I think we, we, we did what we wanted. Bow Hill went along with us. We wanted a rougher record, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and we did. We got it. We did it. Nice. So in 1988, Reach for the Sky came out. It had Ooh. the um, hit song, Way Cool Junior. 
Um, I'm not going to go into how much it was certified platinum, but it says it was platinum. And uh, can you tell me about that record? How did that go about? And yeah, Reach. Well, that was kind of a stumble on our fault. The the band. We you know who knows if it was in reality. We just wanted to change things up. Not necessarily. I didn't want to get rid of Bo Hill. Uh, I loved him as a producer. But when the opportunity came about to, to work with Mike Stone, you, you think mm-hmm. of Mike Stone, you think Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, Engineer, and, and all these great records. So we were like going, well, fuck, let's try something different, you know. Uh, no disrespect to Bo. Uh, mm-hmm. I got to say, my drummer, Blosser, was doing some interviews, and, it, and, and I don't agree with him in some aspects of we did, we all did not dislike Bo Hill, you know, to each his own. Uh, I think it was brilliant. I think it was part, very important part of the structure of our, our records, our songs, our recording process, which I still emulate to this day, his technique he used with me. I learned a lot. I paid attention, even though we were all, you know, having a great time. Mm-hmm. No, you know, we were smart um, and smart asses. But... <laughs> Uh, reach, yeah, we got into a little stumble there, you know, egos and dope and, and, and that. And then Mike Stone, God bless him, I think he passed. He was so fucked up all the time, we couldn't get things done. A month <laughs> go by, two months go by, and, you know, and our bass player decides he wants to play keyboards note by note that he's playing on bass. I mean, it's just like... <laughs> You know, we were just all confused, right? And there was too much partying going on. And I think it was the beginning of not so good things. The record did better than. And actually, to be honest with you, we didn't give a shit about numbers. We didn't give. We watched the charts, but we didn't really give a shit. The only time we really watched the charts was when the first record came out, you know, and the sophomore jinx. But re, um, Reach, yeah, it was a stumble because. You know, when we gave them the label, the the songs going, this is our record. Doug Morse, the the president there, goes, this this fucking sucks. This ain't rap. (laughs) And I could almost agree with him. And he says, you're getting Bo Hill back. Fired Mike Stone. He took Mm -hmm. some money back. And and unfortunately, but when you see a month go by, two months, three months, four months, you're going, wow, that's not rat. Mm-hmm. One thing I can say about the band is, well, and Bo Hill, when we went into the studio, day one, there was an end date, and you were going to get your shit done. Bo would crack a whip, put the cigarettes right. down, put the drapes down, put the dope away, <laughs> done the fucking work. Get the album done. Yeah, and, and get it on budget, and, you know, those are important things. So that record was got way out of control, spent way too much money. So Bo Hill was brought back, and things kind of got back in the right lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, the record did good. I, I mean, nowadays we still get platinum every now and then. Uh, so I like the record. You know, I, I was, you know, everything from the art directing, stage designs, I was involved with, and I always tried to better and, and make it co- cohesive to the the record itself. Right. Um, 
So we did our best with that reach for the sky. And, and if it wasn't for that big stumble, you might have had a, we might have had an even better record because Warren was just on fire as a guitar player. I mm-hmm. mean, coming up with these riffs going, wow, there's no other band. I said this the other day. We're probably the only rock band from the 80s who, who could pull off a song like Way Cool Junior, you know, mm-hmm. and make it work. Uh, I like that song. It's one of my job on there too. Pardon? Is "Loving You" a dirty job on that record too? Or I'm not sure. I'm not even. Um, <laughs> I'll do later, but <clears throat> it's a good record. We did, you know, it is what it is. You know, it's part part of the course. You know, uh, it, 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 it's a good record. I liked it. I liked it. Everybody was stepping up, even though we were stepping down. You know, as as a, a, a group, mm-hmm. I think we were all kind of getting ready to like, you know, we've been on the road for fucking years, hundreds and hundreds of shows, and and whoa, without a break, you know, it was like uh, pre-production, record, mm-hmm. well, interviews, all that, then tour, take a couple months off, all right, right back in there. I mean, if we would have had a break, maybe after dancing, you might have gotten a whole nother record with, with Reach. Because we were happy, you know, grooving along, cellar, invasion, dancing, tour, things were getting better and better. And then all of a sudden, you know, whoa, mm-hmm. no Bow Hill, no this. Everything started changing. The schematic was changed. And that wasn't really a good thing. And I didn't want it to really go down, you know, but it was a voting procedure and I wasn't about to throw a fit for nothing, you know. Just do your best. That's it. You got reach for the sky. It's a good record, though. I looked it. And I think we're the only, like I say, I don't think any other rock band could have thrown down a song like that of our genre, you know. Right. So 1990, Detonator came out and it reached number 23 on the Billboard 200. It was the first to face uh, outside um, songwriting contributions. Can you tell me a little bit about that record? Yeah, Detonator. Very interesting project that was. You know, we knew there wasn't going to be a Bow Hill. We were thrown into a situation with new management. Um, and and the idea was brought up, well, there's this great writer, Desmond Child. He's writing all these hits. We're like, okay. I have mm-hmm. the utmost respect for Desmond. One of the best songs on that record I wrote is Giving Yourself Away with Diane Warren and Desmond. And we really decided we're going to give you that ballad, you know, because it's not hip anymore. We're going to give it to you. Well, the only people who were really hip to it were in Japan. <laughs> that song mm-hmm. was, was huge over there. But uh, Detonator, it was pretty much... Robin wasn't too much involved in the recording. We were having internal problems, business and personally, and there was more. Uh, I was trying to keep things together. I really never saw the guys much in the studio. Nobody mm-hmm. was really getting along. And so I think that record speaks for itself. You know, you brought somebody into the mix, no matter how good they were. They were we were right with everybody. Fredrickson. And uh, just greatest guys. I loved the experience to me. I loved it, but it wasn't rad. Rad mm-hmm. our own hits, the four of us. It wasn't right. anything 
you know, with utmost respect to these guys. Uh, uh, but and that was a tough one, Detonator, because we were losing Robin at that time. He really wasn't around much. We we're trying to get him extend, and he was kind of really off the rails. And we ended up doing the tour. The good thing about it is we brought Michael Shanker in, who I just saw recently on the cruise. And, uh, it just wasn't the same after that. When Robin didn't do much of the tour, uh, it was the beginning of the end right then. And I knew it. I knew if Robin wasn't going to be involved, it was pretty much all we had to give you. And maybe that's all we had or mm-hmm. supposed to give you were, were those five records. And I truly believe that. You know, every every group in this business has their timeline and their period, success or no success, a, a, a period of being really who they are, okay? Mm-hmm. Fans can keep it together for years and years. But seriously, no. Uh, and I don't want to talk about any peers because they've changed members and get the original guys back. And, and, mm-hmm. Okay, our last tour, and it's not your last tour, and we weren't into that shit. So we were just trying to make that tour work, promote the record, mm-hmm. and we lost our, we're losing our brother Robin. So I knew it was pretty much the end. But we ended up, you know, we we gave it the best songs we could, except we had these a uh, whole new right a uh, uh, producer and an right. executive producer, uh, Desmond, who's brilliant, uh, calling some shots. And kind of throw up your hands. Do you want a record out? You got to work with that. If you don't, then fight it. And I don't think we were about to fight it. I think Warren and I were, you know, uh, even Blotts were ready to go. Let's make it happen. Somehow, let's make this work. And we tried. But no cigar. (laughs) We didn't win on that one. It's still a good record. But it's still a great record. Yeah. So a few years back, you did a memoir. Um entitled Sex, Drugs, Rat and Roll, My Life in Rock. Yeah. Do you feel that you had to put enough um, information in that book? No. Are, you, are you interested in writing a new one? or There is going to be another one, and, and it will be less about the 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 three Ps. Yeah, and <laughs> there will be less about the three Ps, the pussy party, the paycheck. It, it, it's going to be about the business, the musicians, the musician, music, you yeah. know, Writing, uh, you know, I'll give you some other good stuff in there, fun stuff, and but it's going to be a little more personally involved and and some great advice, you know, learn by you don't want to learn by your mistakes, so if you can learn by somebody else's, I'll give you some mistakes you can learn by, you know, uh, the not to dos, but yeah, I really do want to put another one out and really establish some points because a lot of shit has gone down in our 40 year career. The band mm-hmm. rat was pretty much over after detonator after Robin. That was right. it. I knew it, especially after he passed. I knew the band was fucking gone. Mm-hmm. You know, all I can do is the guy who created the band is what I'm doing actually now going out and giving it kudos because the guys in the band, uh, they don't seem to want to to be involved anymore, and it's unfortunate because we have a great legacy. I'm proud mm-hmm. of the legacy, 
and uh, I, I'm still around to give you the best I can, and we're and have a great time as it should be, you know. So, what are the future plans for you? Like, what do you what what's the intent like going on and like with Rad? What do you what kind of like like legacy do you do you want to? Well, I would love, as I said before, I've reached out and and I'm pretty much done reaching out uh, um, to get the guys together to pull mm -hmm. it together. You know, whether we bring in uh, you know a Cavazzo again or uh, Michael Shanker. Uh, you know, another guitar is still not going to fill Crosby's shoes ever, 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 ever. Right. So, but we can actually go out and 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 do something cool for our fans, and that would be okay. But I, I I've, I've tried, and that's about all I can do. You know, look, I created this monster, and mm -hmm. uh, with Robin as my right hand man, who's no longer with me, to slap people around. There's nothing. I there's no fighting. All I can do is enjoy what we did and mm -hmm. what we created. And and that's why this box set is very important. It's important to me because it's our 40th year. You know, I'm still here doing it. You mm -hmm. know, guys might not want to do it. And some do, some don't. But uh, my plans are this year and next year to establish uh, a few entities under the moniker 1980 Sunset Strip Experience. And we're developing some great stuff, a concert series and a residency. Um, and we're going to, you know, keep the torch, pass the torch, keep it going, you know, whether it be with original bands who are still around in the 80s. Because, mm -hmm. you know, inevitably you're going to get older, you're going to fucking die or something. We're all dropping like flies, unfortunately, due to right. the of decadence. Uh, you know, and then like even Kicks is calling it quite, you know, Atlantic label mates. I love those guys. I play with them all the time. So, you know, here you go. What's going to be left is you're going to have all these tribute bands. So I'd rather be in charge of the tribute bands representing <laughs> the rat right. Right. brand. And, and, you know, because there's tons of, them. you know, the Motley's, the Leopards, Rats. And, uh, it, it's amazing. So there's a lot of fun stuff in store and just go to official stephenpiercy.com and the concert series will be uh, under our company from me, V-A-M-I-E-E.com. And, uh, you know, this is it, man. This is it, kids. You know, uh, we'll see what happens. But right now this box sets out. I'm way excited and happy for, for it and the legacy we left or we'll be leaving, and it's all good, man, you know, it's been a great trip, you know, great trip, great it's trip, awesome. it's been an awesome 40, 40 years, that's insane, man, yeah, I remember a 13-year-old, 13-year-old kid listening, right, ah, up. it's amazing, that's fucking way cool, good times, yeah, right. so is there any uh, unreleased songs that you would see maybe being released in the future at all, or is it, well, yes, you know that nobody rides for single that's involved mm -hmm. in the box set, 12 inch. Well, that was supposed to be a song we recorded for Out of the Cellar called Reach for the Sky. Okay. That was actually written by Warren, I mean, uh, Robin, myself, and Mark Tureen, who actually had a little stint as a guitar player in 83. Right. This song is insane, and I wanted it on here, but it'll, it'll get out eventually. 
there's a, there's a couple, there's a few actually. Um, and only I can do it because I have the archives and, and uh, the biggest collection. Uh, nice. That'd be awesome to have some of those songs or be released. To yeah, right. I got you will, you will. You know, there's a few, there's a few, and that's all we got, kids. But we're leaving you the box set, and it's crazy. It's got a poster, pass, booklet, tour book, pics. I don't know what it doesn't have, you know. <laughs> So that's it. Okay, thank you for so much for coming on the podcast today. Really you got it. it. There, go to my website. I'm out there touring. I'm still going to rat roll for the next year or two here, it seems, and uh, we'll take it from there. But right now, yeah. rat and rolling with the box set. Kids, get it. It's it's it is an amazing piece of piece of work right there, package. I'm proud of it and happy uh, that we did take that trip. You know. Awesome. Thank you very much for coming on the show today. I appreciate, appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.